In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates authors who dial it up to 11. I'm Jenny Nordback. And I'm Melody Carlisle. Ooh, we have got some super exciting things happening in our private member space, the Temple of Defiant Joy. If you want more of Jenny and me, the Bonkers Book Club, and tons of other author bonus content, head over to the website and become a member. And for anyone who is already part of Bonkers Book Club, there were two brand new books that went out this week, one earlier in the week, and one is going out on Friday, tomorrow, if you're listening to this as it comes out. Duke Actually by Jenny Holiday is your (laughs) first book. It is a holiday season delight. And the other book is King of Battle and Blood by Scarlet St. Clair. It's a dark, sexy vampire Pretty bonkers book. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Also, you got a new episode of Naked and Afraid of Love. Episode three we're up to now came out this week. And we're going to have a new episode of that every week until, you know, we finish the absolute fucking delight. <gasps> until it's over. Naked really? and Afraid of Love. Oh, yeah. until it's over. Okay, but today... I am extra jubilant, if you can possibly believe that, (laughs) because it's our first recap of a movie. We are joined by goddess Andy J. Christopher, and we go deep into Coyote Ugly and what this seminal film did to each of us when we first experienced it. (laughs) It's a ride. are joined by Andy J. Christopher. Yeah. Oh, ah. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> She's a little alarmed. We might have just done a rendition of our uh, intro music and, yeah. you know, it was concerning, but... You know, as usual, I went ham. It's just the default <laughs> no, setting. 
It was deeply adorable. It was deeply adorable. I loved it. I loved it. No, there's only one setting because I am bonkers myself. So Andy, we need to know what's bonkers to you. What makes a book bonkers? What makes a book bonkers? We'll see. Like, I feel like if it's elevated from everyday life, like I've been reading mm. a lot of KU books. And so the latest one was a mafia romance. I feel like that is like baseline bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like anytime someone's getting shoved in a trunk, this particular one, he's supposed to marry her sister. Yeah. And then one of his cousins talks smack about her and he shoots him in the head, like at lunch. Whoa, dead. Shoots dead. him dead in the head. She's like covered in blood. <gasps> Incredible, Andy. What? Oh, my God. Okay, we need to know what book that is. We have um, to link it in the show notes. It's called The Sweetest Obsession by Danielle Laurie, and it's the first in, like, a series. And I have to credit Nisha Sharma because I was like, I need to read more mafia romances because I'm familiar, you know, with the Katie Roberts and the Crusty Cole series. Yeah. Kate C. Wells, the one yes. Run Posey yes. Run. Run Posey yeah. Run, yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want something along that vein. And I was listening to the audiobook of it. <laughs> so I'm like oh. walking Archie and I'm like, he shot the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced that mafia romances are filling the like psychological hole that has been left by old school romances like yeah where it ups the stakes so it's like that kind of bonkers but Mm -hmm. in a way where you can't just get away with it with like any old guy is doing it anymore because we try not to be problematic now and now it's like Mm -hmm. well no he's a fucking gangster and he doesn't care right like exactly exactly there has to be a reason for the bonkers i think you can sort of get away with that with in a similar vein like motorcycle club romances like I would mm. never want to date a man in a motorcycle club, but <laughs> no, but like the whole like sons of anarchy, but they're all hot and they smell good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's a bonkers fantasy. Yeah. Like that's anything where stuff. you're getting kidnapped, anything where you're getting kidnapped. Is- oh my God. I'm sorry. I just have to ex- like put this into the universe, but I was on book talk and I can't, I'm going to try to find it, but there was an author who was promoting her book. And she was like, does he fuck her with the barrel of a gun? Yeah, he does. And I was like, I have to read that book, I think. (laughs) Well, that happens in Den of Vipers, but I'm sure it happens in lots of other books. Right, right, right. I mean, it happens in a really bad way in Longshot, but that's different. Yeah, yeah, That's different. Different. That's Yeah. I haven't read Den of Vipers. I see it everywhere. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. If it's too far for me and for Katie... It's probably too far for me. Yeah. And I am comfortable saying that because every time I say it, people buy the book because they're like, holy fuck, if it's too much for Jenny Nordback and Katie Robert, it's banana pants. And like, yeah, it is. Absolutely. So if Mm -hmm. you take that as a challenge, this book is probably for you. Wowza. I don't know that I do. Yeah, I, I don't know? really see that as a challenge. I, <laughs> I see it like I, I'm like, if it's too far for Jenny and Katie, then it's probably... Mm-hmm. Even further from me. <laughs> so we picked a movie to yeah. tell you about today. Yes. Melody. So okay, so we're kind of going against the show overall structure. However, I do want to tell you, listener, that while I have seen Coyote Ugly before, and I remember moments of it like I remember no other movie, I haven't seen it in like 10 years minimum. So I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, here we so, go. All right. Coyote Ugly. Yeah. 
Rewatching it now is sort of like a, it's a different experience because for me overall, it was like as if someone had, and this is, I believe what happened where the movie came from. It was a real bar in New York and they're like, let's make a movie out of this bar. And then it got sent to like a, a bad publisher who was like, what kind of tropes can we put into this uh-huh. romance? Uh-huh. <laughs> and they were like, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it hits differently now for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I meant to go look what year it came out, but it was like a formative, ripe, Jenny developmental age. That the year came 2000. Out. The year Same. 2000, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like, I was pretty young. Yeah. I was like 12 or 13. Yeah, it gave me pants feelings for girls in a big way. Oh, yeah. Like, the male love interest did not really do anything for me, but I was deeply confused by, like, Maria Bello and Bridget Moynihan. Is that how you say her last name? Yeah. Like, definitely had intense pants feelings. I just, I don't know why it took me so long to, like, really understand that I was into women, but this mm-hmm. movie probably was, like, I was a little worried about my feelings about it at the time. Aww. Now, of course, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I tragically took it as fashion inspiration. That was, no, like, the main takeaway. So <laughs> it came out the year I graduated from high oh, school. Incredible. So basically all my bar-going-out outfits at Notre Dame were yeah. inspired by the ladies of Coyote Ugly. Like every bare midriff was <gasps> oh, for that it reason. was a moment, right? <laughs> oh. Right. And halter tops. Like and we like, would like halter vests. Halter vests. We would trade them like like baseball cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we yeah. danced on bars. We did. There was a place called the Boat Club where you could basically get in underage with your picture on a piece of paper. And uh-huh. signing saying it was 21. This place smelled bad, but they had penny pictures of Keystone Light. That's and, all you need at that And age. flip cup tables. Oh, and yeah, I, I made many, many a poor decision at the boat club, which this movie reminds me of. Oh, mm. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so we start off in Jersey, right? She's a Joyzy girl. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, okay, so right? she is like a sweet and innocent girl next oh. door, and she's moving from her very quaint, tiny town in Jersey. And I have a question about this for you East Coasters. Please. She's going to move to the big city. Big it's city. that thing. But they say it's 42 miles from New York. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have run 42 miles in a race. Like, that does not seem far to me. That's a suburb. Like, how fucking small town can it be if it's only 42 miles from the city? Okay, I'm sorry. I My brain shorted out at Jenny ran 42 miles in a race. So I'm going to get here. But this, we're going to control save and we're going to come back to this in, like, a friendship talk. Okay. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's not super small. Central Jersey and South Jersey are definitely more country, but Central Jersey, like Trenton, Philadelphia area, a lot of times Central Jersey, like instead of being Jets fans, they'll be like Eagles fans or whatever, you know? So they're more like Pennsylvania-ish. It's not very far and it's not like Wow, she's going off to the big city. She probably went every year like Christmas shop and that kind of thing, you know? And the train, yeah. their trains are everywhere. 
Later, Maria Bello is from Piedmont, North Dakota, and that's like legitimately a small town yeah. yes. in the middle of fucking nowhere. And and so just like that, the comparison was being made that like they're the same. She's from a small town in Jersey, and I'm like, is that the same? Because I really don't know the East Coast. It's not because it's not. It, like people assume I'm like a country bumpkin because I'm from like the Midwest, from Minnesota. And I'm like, no, I'm not from North Dakota, though. Right. Right. That's like the right. standard to which everything else is measured. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or like the middle of Nebraska is mm-hmm. like, oh, you're going to the big city and then you're only going to Minneapolis. But like, yeah, it hits a little bit different. But I guess it's like it feels far because it's different. And they really drove with how different it was home with like, it was almost like smell-o-vision. There were, like, fish heads in the street. Oh, yeah. Her actual apartment, I was like, that's just a code violation. You know, they're, All over like, the place. Yeah. I'll, although that apartment horrifying. now would be, you know, they'd have redone it. It would have exposed brick, and it would be $4,000 a month. Minimum. Minimum. Right. <laughs> So we meet her. She's like quitting her restaurant job. And then she's like cooking for her ungrateful, judgmental slob father <laughs> who like doesn't want her to go to the big city. Hot takes from Jenny over here. Hot takes. He's terrible. He's terrible. And I don't like it when they make me hate John Goodman. Because right? he's it is like a John genuinely Goodman. good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. You're right. And he's. Because it's John Goodman, you like kind of want to go with it and like be on his side and think he's being reasonable. And, and but when I really step back, I'm like, you are an ungrateful slob who just like wants her to stay because she does your laundry and cooks for you. And at the end, I'm skipping ahead, but he just like replaces her with a nurse, and then some other poor woman is having to do his laundry and cook for him. And yeah, John Goodman in this movie is the he's worst. Terrible. He's terrible. And he slut shames wow. her. So we'll get there. But my immediate, he's just like sitting on the couch and she's cooking him dinner and trying to get ready and he's reading her stats about how New York is going to kill her and it's bad. Yeah, um, yeah. She's very like his little Cinderella because mm-hmm. she's a dead mom. Is that right? Dead yeah, mom. dead mom. Yeah. Dead, dead mom. mom. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. So then she gets dropped off at her shithole apartment in New York. I mean, her best friend is pretty ride or die. And I yeah. and I love her best friend. Yes. She's a highlight. Yeah. She's great. My next plot point is white girl entitlement montage. <laughs> so she is a songwriter. We haven't said this part. And she's going to the big city to make her career as a songwriter. And she has tapes, like demo tapes, literal Tapes, Tape. Melody. What? In 2000? I think she put little hearts and flowers on the oh outside of these, like, demo tapes. She Lisa Franked her demo tapes? She Lisa Franked her demo no. tapes. And then she, like, shows up at each of these... I don't know. Record labels, I think. Yeah, to the front desk to be like, here's my demo tape. And I don't know whose side I'm supposed to be on in this montage because I'm definitely not on hers. I'm like, what the fuck? There are procedures for this. And so Wendy, I think is her name, is possibly my favorite character in this entire movie. (laughs) Because she is the first like admin that she comes to. And she's like, let me tell you about me. And it's like, you know, I got knocked up and he left and like basically just her life story. And then she's like, but please tell me how I can help you. And I was like, 
Wendy. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, I would have stopped handing out tapes after Wendy. I'd have been like, I'm I'm out. I'm going back to Jersey. I'm going to go busk for 45 minutes and see what that does for me. (laughs) Right. Right. But yeah, she just shows up and expects people to be like, you're going to be a big star. And it's like you're circumventing the process. Like there is a whole piece of labor that goes into and you see this in every industry we see it in publishing right like right authors want to skip the hard work of like building a platform and you know they want someone to just like wave a magic wand and make them successful and it's like sometimes you've got to go through those steps yeah yeah yeah. right so yeah she's not endearing herself to the audience at this point. Maybe in 2000 she was. And they actually give them an accurate explanation for why you can't just show up at a record label and give them a tape. They're like, well, if we listen to it and any portion of it ends up in music, it'll sue us. So you have to go through an agent, but you can't get an agent unless you've been published. And the woman gives them the helpful advice, like you have to do like open mic nights. And she's like, there's one problem. I have stage fright. I I can't perform in public. Oh, my God. Her stage fright. Her stage very fright. Very selective stage Her fright. very selective stage fright. Oh, yeah. So now she has gone to another bar and she asked the bartender of all people, like, <laughs> is there someone here who, I don't know, does something with music? Like, who's in charge of the, the live acts, okay. essentially? yeah. And he's, like, annoyed by her, understandably, especially because she orders, like, a Pepsi and some crackers or something obnoxious like that. Get out. Get out, ma'am. Also, why are you ordering a Pepsi? If you're going to order a full, like, a full sugar soda, get a Coke, lady. Yeah. Pepsi had to have paid for that, right? Oh, yeah. Pepsi had to have paid for that. That Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So she then sees a hot guy across the bar who's greeting everybody. And she's like, who is that? And he, I don't know, decides to fuck with her. And like, I don't blame him. Oh. So he's like, oh, that's Mr. O'Donnell. He's the music manager. And suddenly now she's like, I fucking him because he can do something for her. And oh. this fits into her white girl entitlement. Tracks. So then she stalks him and, like, waits outside for him to come out at the end of the night and is like, Mr. O'Donnell, can you, like, listen to my tape? And he's like, what? Like, he works in the kitchen, it turns out. Mm. He is not the music manager. Yeah. And the guy's going to fire him. Yeah. Yeah. Humiliating. Oh, that's so great. And so then he, like, kind of rolls with it and is like, I don't normally do this, but I'll take your tape. And then his, like, kitchen manager or something comes out. And makes it clear that he is a kitchen gruntling. He's like, you forgot to take out the trash, basically. Yeah. He calls him like a minimum wage punk as he goes back in. <laughs> Which, I mean, let's, come on. The minimum wage should be higher. So let's just, you know, acknowledge yeah. that here. Yeah. Yeah. So then he follows her. Which, creepy. I don't like either of them at this point. Wait, and this is black moppy hair, right? Curly mop yeah, of yeah, a hair. Yeah. Australian... Australian named Kevin O'Donnell for some reason. I think in the original script, he must have been Irish. A really good point. Well, or his ancestors were fucking criminals Oops. who got sent Irish to the criminals. Irish criminal planet. What? To, <laughs> <laughs> to Australia. <laughs> what have you been reading, Melody? I've been reading a lot of things. Ah! <laughs> so yeah, like Andy said, creepy. Like. If he wasn't sort of floppy and charming and Australian and cute, and it would be like looking. 
scary as shit that he's following her home and I don't think him being cute and charming makes it okay especially when she's like stop I'm gonna get my pepper spray out oh wow oh I'd have maced him first and asked questions later fuck yeah Yeah. he definitely would have gotten pepper sprayed I'm not gonna play that game whoa yeah no not now not in 2000 no but she's so sweet like the one thing I like really just seared its way into my memory is that she puts a roll of money in her freezer her best friend does her best friend does but still like they're the people who put a roll of money in their freezer and i'm like sweetie don't that's that's the first place everyone looks i don't i don't understand go ahead that night she goes to a diner and sees the girls who work at Coyote Ugly. The guy yeah. gives her a piece of pie, which I was like, well, that seems, okay. that's nicer than she deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of things. She goes back and keeps doing the, like, going to receptionists thing. She has not listened or learned her lesson. And my question there is, is she the villain of this movie? And then she gets an open <laughs> mic spot. She finally is like, okay, fine. I guess I'll have to do what everybody else has to do. Oh, yeah. But her stage fright and she like panics and can't do it and leaves and then she gets home and her apartment has been broken into yeah oh um, yeah okay and her money and, in like, the freezer and her is money gone. in the freezer has been taken and so this is like her low moment like she has no money why i might have to actually get a job while i'm trying to be a songwriter instead of just going and wasting people's times who are trying to do their job oh my with the searing hot takes it's really given me a lady boner over here all right go ahead so now we're at the diner. The diner. The where the guy is the taking pie. pity on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pity Do you want to describe the, the coyotes for us? Yes. So there is the blonde, vaguely Russian one. Cammy. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. There is the Bridget Moynihan one. And I always remember her because she had a baby with Tom Brady. I'm like, fuck Tom Brady. That is my exact association with her, too. The whole movie, I was just like, fuck you, Tom Brady. (laughs) Right. And I I mean, that would get me in trouble with a lot of people to say that. But Tom Brady went to Michigan. I went to Notre Dame and I have to hate Tom Brady. And that's the rules. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get around it, Andy. It's true. That's nature. I wouldn't give up my hatred for Tom Brady if Chris Evans himself asked me to. Like, I wouldn't give it up. It's my hard limit. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god tyra motherfucking banks is in yes, this movie tyra i thought banks that was a movie. fever dream that i made up personally well, in my adolescent brain but it's you true i think that because she's on like the movie poster and it's like i think she's even listed as one of the stars but she's in the movie she's for like barely three minutes yeah. she is yeah. wasted she, well she's also not a great actress so let's just fair, <laughs> fair. Just but like, fair. couldn't she have been dancing on the bar more? So much more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the, the whole thing is like, she's quitting to get like a yes. different job. Oh yeah. So that's how Violet thinks. She's like, oh, I could like be one of these like sexy tall ladies. And I'm like, I don't know what you're thinking, honey. When they're like betting on the centerfold's favorite movie, or is it a centerfold or is it like a job application to replace the coyote? I don't remember, but they're all like, what's her favorite movie? And Cammy is like Saving Private Ryan. And Ah. it turns out it's Saving Private Ryan. And it's like a naked woman in combat boots. Of course it's Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) And then she asks the guy like, what what's their deal and he's like well they've got to unwind in their line of work and she's like are they hookers Uh, 
And he's like, no, they're coyotes. And it's just like this whole ridiculous fucking thing. Like you say, are they hookers? Is like literally going to like haunt my dreams in the best possible way. Oh my God. Oh, that's right. And like, and like coyotes are known the island of Manhattan over. Oh, it's the coyotes. There they come. Here they are, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And okay, so I, I did a little research. Yeah. So Lil, the bar owner, is an actual person who founded mm. the first Coyote Ugly. Mm-hmm. But the Coyote Ugly that currently exists on the island of Manhattan is like three blocks from Union Station. Yep. So it's not like in a hopping club location. <laughs> Okay, I'm like, translate that for a Californian. What does that mean? Is that like a tourist area? Is yeah, it Yeah. Like, it's like cross between a tourist area and like corporate area. Like it's a weird okay. it's a weird location because it's very like Manhattan's version of like sort of a strip mall right by Union Station. There's it's you close know. to the target. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. That that instantly Puts it in perspective. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like a sexy hot spot sort of. Yeah. No, it's not thing. like Terra Blues. You know, Terra mm-hmm. Blues is like downtown and just like the street is so cool and you've got to like walk down these stairs and it's like, oh, it's so sexy. This is not that. Mm-mm. So is this more like after work? Like it's a bunch of. It's almost like Hooters in like, in like, like Orlando. Like Ranch. Like yes. Saddle Ranch. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Gotcha. There we are. Um. <laughs> well, there are we franchises find... all over the world now. Yeah. I've been to the Vegas one and was, like, disappointed because it was basically just a bar. And I was like, where are my wenches upon the bar? Yes. And why are their midriffs not showing? Mm-hmm. Like, must I do it myself? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I have so many issues that we'll get to with with getting wet at work. Like, that's like the day I walk out. Someone messes with my blowout. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I got a waterboard on me. Like, either as a patron or an employee... I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're okay, wait. I'm about to get way ahead of us. So, okay. She is like, oh, I could do that. And, like, goes to the bar during daytime non-bar hours and is like, I want to talk to the owner. And we meet Maria fucking Bello, who, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, is the heroine of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm far more interested in her story. And, like, she She's actually trying to busts keep her, her ass oh. and has, like, built something mm-hmm. and does not have the white girl entitlement. Nope, she works her ass off. Mm-hmm. So there's an exchange between them where Maria Bello is like kind of a bitch, but in a fair hot way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she's totally right. She goes on this thing. She's like, yeah, I'll give you a tryout because you look like a kindergarten teacher. Like she's like, you know what most guys have in their pants? They have a toddler in their pants. Ha <laughs> ha that's right. I forgot about that. Also, this scene was formative to my sexual awakening as well. <laughs> Maria Bello being very stern did things to me that Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I know I'm straight because this movie, like, as far as I'm concerned, does not fuck. 
like, is like whoa. asexual. Yeah. Whoa. Mind blowing <laughs> over here. That's a good like litmus test. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> like I I like I've never recalled Coyote Ugly making me horny at all. Oh. Like Oh, the man. parts that are like supposed to like the love interest exchange, it does no. nothing for me. Mm-mm. But all the side characters, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know who to look at. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Well, I was watching it today, and I was like, this is like textbook of like the sort of early 2000s like performative sexuality that girls oh, yeah. at bars did. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, we were just acting like these bitches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like. It's true. Yeah. And it's so true. I was like, okay, all right. Well, so clearly, like, male gaze, male yes. director. Mm-hmm. A woman like, wrote it, it, but it's... I noticed that, mm-hmm. yeah. No, but this is very... It has the two girls deciding to make out in at a party in order to, like, be sexy for the guy's energy. That's what this movie really brings to the forefront. Yeah. And so it. we're now fast forward to it's her first night at work. Mm-hmm. It's not um, going and well. She like she doesn't really know what to expect. She walks in, the bar is packed. She does no recon. What the fuck? Yeah. Done. Done. Well, that would require her doing some level of effort. For fair, and she Jenny. doesn't do that. Fair. So she's like, I just show up and look like a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. So fair she enough. walks in and Bridget Moynihan in leather pants Ugh. lights the bar on fire. And I blacked out for a second. I'm not uh-huh. really sure what mm-hmm. happens immediately mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so she's kind of looking around at just like bitches on the bar and fire and everybody's getting booze poured on them, which uh-huh. like you said, Andy, if I get booze Boosty. poured on me at a bar, it's I am over. going home and I am pissed. Yeah. Right. It's a, first of all, it's a waste of booze. Yeah. Second of all, I spend a lot of time blow drying my hair for it to look the way that it does. And if I'm out at a bar and being seen by people, I don't, I'm, I'm not going for a wet look. That's just not yeah, what sure. I'm doing. Sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just don't like it when I, when I bend my arm and I can feel my elbow unsticking. Yeah, that's, no, I don't like that either. That's really, yeah. it's really a bad place to be, you know? <laughs> also, it's very unsanitary. All of all of it is just unsanitary. Mm-hmm. Like, you can time, smell though. the bar, right? Oh. Like, you know what this bar, it just is like, it's like a frat house, oh, but yeah. worse. It smells like yeah. the boat club. And let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you, the stench of that place. Also, there was like a film on the floor. Oh, and, yeah. Like, you would you would come home and you would just leave your shoes outside because they would smell like cigarette smoke and the film from, because in Indiana, you could still smoke in bars. Yeah. The film, and it would be like halfway, like if it was up to your ankle, you knew you'd been there too long. It was bad. I'm glad I had a very strong immune system in college. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So we get like a little bit more detail about the other coyotes, Rachel mm-hmm who is Bridget Moynihan, is in anger management. Oh, yeah. Cammy is the Russian tease, but she's not really a tease because she keeps sleeping around and is just generally kind of adorable. Loved her. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Rachel is being a bitch to her. She turns a drink down, and Rachel is like, Lil, your new girl is turning down a perfectly good drink. So then, of course, Violet is like, I'll take the drink. And then we get our first glimpse of the hell no H2O phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Which is like, it's it's 
like for liability purposes, it's you would never business. have. A, yeah, it's bad business because you're going to have people puking in your bar instead of staying relatively sober and ordering more drinks. Like it just it seems dumb. No, it's very yeah. bad business. Not to mention that, like, as a bartender, I used to voiced water upon people at some point in the night a lot of times, you know, because like it's on me if you go out and like pass out in the street. That means I overserved you. And like, that's what I did to you. Oh boy. No, it's bad business because you're right. Then they're just like falling on the ground. There have to be at least five patrons a night who walk out and they're so drunk they forget to pay their tab. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Mm, and it yeah. seems like an all cash business. Yeah. And so I guess we haven't explained what the phenomenon is. So if somebody orders water in the bar, nobody is allowed to order water in the bar. And if somebody tries to order water in the bar, they take the water gun like the soda the serving end. gun and they spray the entire bar with water while everybody chants hell no h2o and then the devil came down to georgia place and they <laughs> dance on the bar mm-hmm. also i don't understand why you have a water gun if you're not serving anyone water or or mixers yeah well those come standard but it is connected to like obviously the water line or whatever but also that thing has so much more force than a regular water right? gun it's that like a goddamn like... fire hose they yeah. really managed to make that water go like 15 feet if my memory <laughs> serves right oh amazing and it's not like a tiny little stream either it's like <laughs> It's It's like the size of an orc cop. Yes, it is. (laughs) I love romance people because that's like our frame of reference. It's the size of an orc cop. Yeah. Is it the size of a minotaur cop? That's my question. I need like a chart of the descriptions. Someone needs to work on this. But, you know, actually, like I think the minotaur cock is actually the the apt description because that's how much fluid comes out. Oh, Andy, you're a goddamn genius. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a minotaur cock water hose. Okay? (laughs) And everybody's going to be slipping all over the floor. It's viscous. I don't (laughs) promise that that is not going to be the video that we use. (laughs) So at that point, everybody gets up and does like this choreographed dance on the bar. And yeah, like Violet... when, are she, when is she learning the dances? I wanted what I really wanted right here was the magic mic. Yes. Learning of the dances scene. Mm-hmm. Well, so why didn't we do magic mic? OK. Our... Oh, that's a real missed opportunity wow. there. It's all right. You can come back on. Yeah. yeah magic mic double XL is that's that's mine. All right. All right. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, that movie famously got me pregnant. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did the math and I conceived when I got home from seeing Magic Mike <laughs> So now we have to do it. Mm-hmm. So she won't get up and dance and Lil is like, all right, fine. And like hands her 20 bucks and is like, cool, thanks for coming in. Peace out. Yeah. And as she's leaving, two guys are about to get a fight and she like breaks up the fight and is like, here, take my $20 and go order yourself a drink at the bar. And Lil sees this and is like, okay, maybe I was quick to judgment. You can learn the dances. Like, I'm going to give you another chance. You get a second audition. Outfits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After so this, we is get that like a... Lil like rips off, rips her t-shirt. Oh yeah, she, she like up. rips yes. the sleeves off her shirt. So we get like a quick changing room montage that very much felt like they were trying to sell Piper Paraboo, that's her name, as like the next Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah, fair. Like I think this was kind of supposed to be her vehicle to stardom. 
Hey listener, in August, members of the Temple of Defiant Joy can look forward to lots of new bonus content, including more levels of the Monster Dungeon books and Jenny losing her mind over an escort movie. She should have fucked his dad. We've got three different art pieces in the works and Joybringers now get access to the digital art. Celebrants will still receive prints in addition to digital access. August Bonkers Book Club includes Caught a Vibe by Eva Moore, a forced proximity romance between a sex toy designer and the hot tech writer who was the best one-night stand of her life. It has a sex toy right there on the cover, which honestly is the cartoon cover I've been waiting for. It doesn't come out until August 30th, but you can get your hands on it right now if you're a member of the temple. The other September book is a bundle of the first three books in Kit Rocha's Beyond series. It's a dystopian erotic romance series that will blow your mind. It's gritty and high stakes, but with lots of magnificent kink and polyamory. Now, back to the episode. So then it's her second night, and... Mm -hmm. Rachel's kind of being a bitch to her, but she's there. She's figuring it yeah. out. And there's a guy sitting at the bar and he orders water. And Rachel is like, did that guy just order water? You know what to do. And like hands her the water gun, the Minotaur cock yes. water spewing gun. The Minotaur cock water gun. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, do we serve water in this bar? Like no. on, the, on the loudspeaker. And she starts just Minotaur jizzing all over the sky. Mm-hmm. And Lil is like, no, Jersey, because it turns out he is the fire marshal. Yeah. And she's just hosed down the fire marshal. Yeah. Always over code at that bar. Always. Yeah, yeah. There are no rules. He is bribed every month on a schedule. Mm-hmm. And this is disastrous for business. <laughs> <laughs> You're tinting at like Tammany Hall levels of corruption here. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Here and later when the cops come in and, and Lil's like, all right, I'm going to take you outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you do with them outside? I missed a plot point in here that is about to be relevant. Somewhere in between her first night and the changing room montage, she goes back to Kevin's kitchen to retrieve her tape from him. Oh, so, yeah, because and- they are a finite resource. They're, yeah. they're gold. Yeah, she needs her tape. So she mm-hmm. gets her tape from Kevin. He's, like, singing one of her songs. And, like, there's sort of flirty banter between them. And he's like, I want to see you again. And she's like, you really want to see me? I'm a coyote. And he's like, what What does that mean? And she's like, if you really want to see me, you'll figure it out. Oh, that's right. Oh. She is not as sweet and innocent as she likes to pretend. Yeah, but also that's lame as fuck. Come on, man. I've never found that moment, like, sexy or cute. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, also, like, she has to be pretty new to dating in New York if she's willing to, like, give up a cute Australian. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> on the risk that he's going to take the yeah. effort. Yeah. Yeah. No one in, in any major city is making that much effort to find you. No. Not to mention <laughs> the fact that he works in a place where nightly... He has, like, all the potential in the world at his fingertips. <laughs> like, you d- don't do that, lady. It's <laughs> yeah, he's a conventionally attractive Australian man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So back to the bar, she sprayed the fire marshal, and Lil tells her, like, he's letting me off with a $250 fine, so unless you can make me $250 in the next whatever hours, you're fired. Like, yeah. this is over. 
And so she's like pouting in the bathroom instead of serving drinks, which is her job. I don't know how that's going to make her $250, <laughs> but... And Kevin comes in and Cammie's like, there's a boy here to see you. I don't like Cammie. There's a cute boy here to see you. <sighs> Cheer up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Cammie. I love it. So she goes out and there is Kevin and he's like, I found you. And... She's like, well, I'm not going to be a coyote for much longer unless I can make $250 in the next two hours. Like, I'm done. And he's like, well, here's $4 to help you get started. $9. Okay, okay. (laughs) She kind of gives him the look and she's like, no, that's not not what you're going to do for me. And she auctions Kevin. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Unclear what the terms of the auction are. Yeah, like, like what does what does the winner get him for? Like yours for one night only. I also am questioning our sort of like collective decision in the early aughts that men should not have chest hair. Like I don't <laughs> understand. Like, Is that part of why he just doesn't do it for me? He doesn't seem. Yeah, I th- that was He's like baby faced and very like. Yeah, he has no hair. No hair. And I want, like, hair. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I I did have a a slight moment where he was, like, rubbing his own nipples. I was like, oh, that's kind of (laughs) hot. He was very game. Yeah, he's like, I'll do the thing. So he gets up on the bar and starts showing his moves, and the guy can dance. I mean, he's actually one of the judges for, like, Dancing with the Stars in Australia. I did not know that. Yeah, we've never oh. seen him again in America, but he's, like, done a bunch of stuff on the West End. He's, like, apparently a very accomplished Broadway dancer. Incredible. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets on the bar. He is overqualified for this, apparently. Overqualified. Yeah. Very And he's, like, taking his belt off as he twirls, and he's, like, strips his shirt off. He unbuttons his pants as the auction reaches $250, yeah. and Violet is, like, sold for $250 to this random woman. And he goes on his way, and she's, like, kissing her way up his chest, and I don't really know what the expectation is there. Uh, I think I do. Like, <laughs> I'm not, like, what do they go and do? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it wasn't negotiated beforehand, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's very, it makes me very, it's very problematic. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. It's rough. And it's one of those things where, like, flip the genders here. Would this still be okay? Oh. And the answer is absolutely no. not. No, absolutely I mean, not. It's, it's not okay right now, <laughs> as is. But, like, you know, 2000, it was a wild time. <laughs> I feel like in 2000, it was sort of novel to be like, well, we can objectify men, too. Totally. That's feminism. Um, yeah, it's, oh, that's what I was that's thinking. That's power. This that's movie has is. a very, like, girl bossy energy. It does. It has, like, the girl gang, but also if you're bis- if you're very young and bisexual, the girl gang becomes, like, Hi, oh, what's happening to me? Yeah, it's serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. that TikTok trend. I may have girl bossed too, <laughs> too close to the sun. <laughs> Oh shit! I haven't seen that, but I'm making a note right now. I don't now. know this. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah. a TikTok trend of like girls getting on and saying, "May have girl bossed too close to the sun." <laughs> Adorable. So we get one of my favorite Maria Bello moments at the end of this 
kind of scene where she's clearing everybody out of the bar and there's this just like trashed woman with her head down on the bar and she's like, you got it. You have to go. I didn't serve you any water. You're now trashed, but I'm just going to send you on your but way. But get the fuck out. Yeah, but the woman is like, what's coyote ugly? And Maria Bello explains that, like, have you ever woken up after a one-night stand next to someone so ugly you'd rather gnaw your own arm off than risk waking them up? That's coyote ugly. And the woman is like, why would you name your bar after that? And Maria Bello is like, because Cheers was taken. <laughs> and I mean, and I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever had beer goggles with, with respect to, like, someone's appearance. When I have had beer goggles with respect to someone's personality. It's always personality for me. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, this person is too annoying to encounter sober. Yes. And yes, so yes. I'm going to like either get them out or sneak myself out. Yep. And I can't, yeah. and, and I don't know which one is better. Like, I think it's better to be able to sneak yourself out. So I think you, you have to like Man, get I, them out. I yeah. was the laziest one night stand. I have to be honest with you guys. I, <laughs> I compromised my safety so many times by being like, no, 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 no. You either come back to my house or like, this is not happening because I am not, <laughs> I am not moving tomorrow when I'm hungover. You are going to make the effort or you don't get in here. And, you know, then they knew where I lived, but like, ah. <laughs> it was fine. I never did, I did that again after a guy I met at Barty's Beatery stole my fancy panties. And I was like, oh, dare. The bastard. I know. They were like my expensive ones and I bought at Barney's. I was annoyed. No. Mm -mm. I had this weird guy one night stand that I brought back to my college room one night. And he was like, it was like he thought I was lying about like I was an archaeology major and that I was originally from Scotland. So he was like going around my room looking for like evidence of these things that I had said. And like and it, I, I think it turned out he was like in the police academy, but he wasn't really. And oh, he boy. was lying. So he thought I was lying. And it was oh, just boy. very strange. Dudes are weird. <laughs> Dudes are weird. Mm -hmm. And like it was so unnecessary. I was just like bored and drunk and I was probably taking him up to my room no matter what like it was a party at my house yeah. and I had just sort of picked him out of the crowd as like yeah that looks good right like he didn't even have to say anything there was no need for like a fake police academy story, <laughs> but... it's like you yeah. wish you could pull the moves that all the flight attendants aren't pulling now like if they do something wrong just like wrap them in duct tape yeah. like oh, i'm yeah. just gonna tape your mouth shut for the duration and <laughs> so i i you guys can see why i sort of identified with rachel as opposed to being attracted to her i was identified yes. yeah i was like yeah. i would love to get up on a bar and like kick guys in the head yeah. with my high heels like yeah. i would yeah. i would really enjoy that mm -hmm. like yeah but again with like if it was a dude, we'd be like, that is some toxic masculinity. Right, but because right. it's Bridget Moynihan and she's fucking hot, I'm like, yeah, punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he probably deserved it. I'm going to side with you regardless. <laughs> or when she, like, cuts the guy's ponytail off. Holy shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, that's assault. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't that assault? I'm, I mean, I'm he sure. liked it. That was part of the experience he came in and paid for, though. Okay, okay. But damn, did he wake up the next day and go, like, my ass-length ponytail is gone. Holy I mean, she kind of did him a favor. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? 
Oh boy. Okay. So now she's gone outside and Kevin is there and he's like, you owe me. And she's kind of like, what do I owe you? And he's like, I want what every man wants at whatever in the morning. And, and she's kind of, and he's like breakfast. Uh-huh. So then they go to a diner and there's like an exchange where he kind of like slides cash to a guy and gets a paper bag with some stuff in it. And she's kind of like, uh, I don't know what that, you're into. That drug? Are you a drug? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out it is a comic book that yes. he, he collects comic books. Yes. Um, I also found this to be very sexually confusing. Right, uh, like now I understand. We know where that ended up. Maybe. I am married to a guy who owns a comic shop, <laughs> but at that point, I was like, "Why is that so hot? I don't know." <laughs> oh, then he like takes her to his other hustle. He is like the opposite of her. He hustles hard. Yeah, he has yes. like six jobs mm-hmm. and is not trying to find a shortcut. He's just like there doing the work making money like working really hard to support himself so he takes her to one of his jobs which is like unloading a fish shipment and she's initially horrified and then he's like i'll you know i'll give you i'll split the money with you you can get a hundred bucks and she's like oh i'll do it for a hundred bucks and then they kiss she like goes upstairs and then he like doesn't kiss her and then he like comes up and knocks on the door and kisses her oh cute and then yeah i mean that's kind of sweet i find that to be very cute yeah but, and then there was the awkward, like, have a nice day. And she's like, have a nice day. And he's like, I, I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Like, that was charming. Yeah, very charming. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's charming. He's just not necessarily sexy. Yeah, that's really true. Like, men can definitely be charming without being attractive necessarily. Sure. I don't He just doesn't do anything for sure. me. Like, I just, nah, Yeah, you think but... he's very endearing. You don't want to rip his clothes off. That's fine. Mm-mm. Right. No. I mean, I just don't think if his cousin talks smack about me that he'd shoot him in the head. Like, I just <laughs> like, no. question that. That is a high bar. That's true. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's, it's not. It's not the bar, but I'm just saying. <laughs> like, we're living in apocalypse times. I'm looking for some apocalypse skills. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So now we flash to, like, we're back at the bar and it's it's like fleet week or something is that what we would oh, call god, this god i love a fleet week yeah. oh my god i fucking love a fleet week there are like some week. military guys in the bar it's packed there 50 people over capacity yeah it's fleet um, week jenny what do you want it's fleet week it's the best <laughs> time of the year in new york what do you <laughs> i'm i missed this i feel like i should have gone oh, to new york god, during a... my slut phase for fleet you week you really should have my only real association with Fleet Week is Sex in the City. Like, there's an episode about it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. a good episode. Yeah. And that's the one in which Carrie Bradshaw makes out with Daniel Sujana, which I just 100% approve of. I would not have known his name, but he's very cute. Yeah. He is a sexy, charming man. He's a sexy, charming man. Yeah. He had an accent. Yeah. He was, like, only there for oh, one night. yeah. He's, yeah. like, a southern boy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Fleet Week, um, Fleet Week is hot. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so it is, like, chaos. Things are getting out of control. Cammie and Rachel get, like, dragged off the bar into the crowd. Oh, yeah. Fights are breaking out. Like, all hell is breaking loose. The bouncer, like, can't get to them. Lil is, like, Violet. What is her name? Violet? Yeah. Or Jersey. 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 Do something. Mm-hmm. 
And what does she do? <gasps> How does she problem solve her way out of this chaos? Does she suddenly lose all of her stage fright? 100%. <laughs> Picks up a microphone and starts like half-ass karaoke singing mm -hmm. on the bar. And somehow this makes everybody stop what they're doing. <laughs> Have you ever known guys in a fight to be like, is someone singing? I'm going to stop Listen, fighting. Jenny, when you're in the middle of a fight and you hear Fievel start singing over the speakers, somewhere out there, you're going to stop and see where is the singing mouse. All right? <laughs> it's going to happen. She's no longer Jersey. She's now Fievel. <laughs> Fievel does Fleet Week. I'm telling you, it's an instant hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm writing that down. So she she gets up and like half-ass karaoke's, and the whole bar stops fighting, stops trying to assault the other two coyotes. They just immediately turn around, mesmerized. Yeah, I mean. I can tell you probably why the Las Vegas Coyote we did not have dancing on bars is because that was like a lot of workplace sexual harassment violations. Oh, like, yeah. We All over the place. No wonder Rachel's so angry. Yeah. Okay. Actually, that's where we're about to get. I was about to comment on something else, but we're almost there. Yeah. So she's singing. Everyone stops. And then she's like high on her sense of power mm -hmm. after they close mm -hmm. up. Yeah. So she... Calls Kevin and says there's an emergency, and he, like, wakes up in the middle of the night, and she comes to his door, and she grabs his face and kisses him. And then is like, have a good night, Mr. O'Donnell, and goes to leave, and he's like, what? Like, that's it? And she's like, yeah, had a good night, wanted a good night kiss, and then, like, goes on her way. <gasps> that's right. She just kisses him and fucks off. I mean, Man, I, I feel like I, li I, I like it now. I feel like it's sort of like... I'm, I'm it's taking a power move. exactly yeah, what maybe. I want. Yeah. But I have never. I don't relate to it, have... I guess. Is yeah, what I'm I've saying. never yeah. exhibited that level of <laughs> impulse control. I'm like. <laughs> if I'd gone that far and I was into the guy. Yeah. I'm going to need an orgasm. At least one. You know? Yeah. I'm already yeah. high on my power. Yeah. No, I'm high on my power. I'm going to see his dick. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to sit on his face. Right. Like, yes. I, know. Either one, either I was going to say, he, he's going to lick my, my power move parts. would be like, you can just keep that in your pants. I don't need that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go on my way and he's like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. So then she's like up on the roof trying to make her music and there's like oh new york sounds oh my god you're right yeah um, it's so cheesy it's a very oh cheesy montage at this point yeah yeah it's a mood and though. she like steals the guy's music from across the way and like incorporates it into her music and then we cut to like she's kind of out on a date with kevin and he's got her blindfolded and he brings her in somewhere and he's put, like, a bunch of cutouts of characters, like, movie characters all around. And is like, I want to help you work through your stage fright. And she's like, I have to show you what it feels like or something. Oh, yeah. And then she, like, strips. Yeah, she takes all her clothes oh, off. Takes all her clothes off. Oh, that's as right. As she's, like, yeah, dancing around the cutout. Describing, like... How her heart you know, gets First, I get really nervous. And he's like, yep, nervous. 
<laughs> and then they bone. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't get like a sex scene, right? No, uh, not to my no. sex scene. I would have remembered that, I feel like, you know. Yeah. There's the implication of boning. It's like it's once you get to it's like a, it's a closed door. Yeah. And then like it comes back up and it's like he's naked with like the sheet carefully placed across his junk. Mm-hmm. Where are they getting all these sheets? There's so many <laughs> sheets. Like they have two top sheets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because isn't she like sitting? Yeah, she's in wrapped in all sheets. Like this man <laughs> who, like works like three minimum wage jobs has extra top sheets yeah. just to like wrap around her. You're right, Andy. No, it's nonsense. So she's like playing her music at the keyboard and she's like, I can't sing my own songs, you know, like stage fright. But he turns the lights off and her stage fright, it just goes away. Yeah. It's got to be totally dark. It's good stuff. Yeah. I literally think you just take her to like a hypnotist. Oh, yeah. Like one session, she's no longer stage frightened. Mm -hmm. And then she tells him about her mom dying and like, you know, never... Never fulfilling her dream of being a songwriter in New York City and blah, blah. You're like, oh, I'm so sad for you. I mean, I'm sad your mom's dead. That's why she deserves it, Andy. Yeah. She doesn't have to do the work. Yeah. She's trying to make up for for generational wrongs, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why. So then we cut immediately to, like, a montage of her, like, learning to spin bottles. And she's, like, breaking a lot of booze bottles. Like, this is not how you learn that no. trick. Like, there are practice bottles for this. Oh, my God. Yeah. My brain explodes every time I think about it. It's nuts. So then we get this really random clip of, like, a softball game. It's like the Coyote Ugly Softball League. Whoa. Andy, like, fully takes her whole shirt off. And she's got, like, a baseball-themed bra on, and the pitcher is, like, losing and it. I don't, I think it must have been, like, a deleted scene or something, because it, and they were like, we have to have her taking her top off. We can't cut that, but we're not going to explain <laughs> why there's a softball game here. God, I love a Cammy. Oh, she's great yeah. stuff. And, like, yeah. I think, like, Lil made the call, like, you got to take your top off, otherwise we're going to lose the game. Mm-hmm. That's... <laughs> no. That's teamwork, really. It is teamwork. So then Kevin has, like, made a deal with a friend. He's gotten a favor. He, he's gotten her this, like, special spot at the elbow room. Oh, and yeah. And he's, like, had to, yeah. He traded he, his he's, comic. Like, to, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like, $1,000 comic. Yes. Yeah. So we flashed to that night. Like, she's mm-hmm. supposed to be... Or no, maybe we're not there yet. But anyway, they're like, this is when Andy's losing her mind because they are at work, they're serving drinks, but then they get on the bar and they just start like dowsing themselves in like buckets of water. Yes. Dowsing. Buckets of water. Which is so slippery. How did they stay on that bar? Like, how uncomfortable are you? You're soaked to the skin. Some of them are wearing jeans. They're ruining their leather pants. Leather pants. Yeah, they're at least two of them are in leather. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Does Lil give them an allowance to replace leather goods? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So she's like up there doing her stripper hair flips and dumping water on herself. And her daddy is standing <gasps> watching this in horror. Ugh. Her dad has found her at the bar. I mean, and... as much as I don't approve of her cavalier sort of treatment of like personal po- property and like not caring if she's wet at work, I don't approve of her father's reaction to this either. He seems to be 
overreact. I forgot about this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My favorite part of this is he found out because the guys, he works in a toll booth and the guys at work were putting her picture up in their booth. And it's like a grainy black and white newspaper picture in the village voice of her like doing her half-ass karaoke on this. And like, who the fuck is putting that up in their booth? Like, what is that doing for you? Maybe they were doing it expressly to get Maybe they were being trolls. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were being Mm. trolls. Fair. Okay. And so he like slut shames her a whole lot and is like, if you needed money, you could have come to me instead of like degrading yourself like this is the. And she's like, you can barely take care of yourself. Like, here's where you're kind of cheering for a violet. You're like, well, I guess your dad is kind of a dick. So. Yeah. So then her dad leaves and is like not speaking to her. And then I think it's another night. And this is the night she's supposed to be performing at the Elbow Room. And Kevin has done favors. He's giving up his special comic book to get this spot for her. And Lil kind of does a like, you can't leave. Like you want to perform, perform for these people. Yeah, Um, which I was like, Lil, that's kind of shitty. Yeah, it seemed a little out of character for Lil to me. So Violet stands up. Kevin and his spot that he's gotten for her. She stays at Coyote Ugly instead of going to perform. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Kevin goes there, which is like the dick boyfriend move to do. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's a little piece of Kevin that's like, if she's not here, I need to check all the hospitals. Like, what happened? Because this was such a big deal. No. She called him. No, she called him and told him and she can't come. She's like, I can't oh, leave. Okay, gotcha. And he's gotcha, really gotcha. mad. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. And he's like, just leave. Like, what is your deal here? So he shows up at the bar. And when he shows up, there's like a regular who's like grabbing her by the ass. And she's like, no, stop. And the regular is like, and then like, my problem with this is like, it was completely out of line. Like, Lil should not have been mad that this guy got his ass beat. Yeah. She should have been defending her employees from sexual harassment Mm -hmm. yeah for sure but i think it was like more that violet had broken the rule against having your boyfriends at the bar yeah so kevin is like get your hands off my girlfriend and like beats the shit out of him and that is probably the one part of this movie where i was attracted to him yeah yeah does it for me (laughs) okay so a very problematic thing that i love is uh, like a hero doing violent shit yeah in defense of his love like, that is one thing that I am problematic for, but I am, I'm a total slut for it. Man, that does not do it for me. Oh, I'm glad that it does it for you. Yeah, it doesn't do a single thing for me. I'm just like, what? Get out of here. Don't create more problems for me. You're fucking up my work. Now I have to deal with the blood right now. Like, get, stop. You're so mature. <laughs> that is so mature. Like, I, my favorite Kennedy Ryan hero is Jared. Always will be. Same. <laughs> and I was like, that is that is such a fucking Jared move. Yeah. Yeah. And it's total toxic masculinity, it's but utterly I don't toxic. care. I, don't care. Yeah. I cannot help that I find no, it No, I want to fuck it. Like, yeah. There are so many toxic things that have burrowed their way into my id, you know? <laughs> so, like, I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying I can't relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Kevin gets in a fight. They have a fight. They, like, sort of break up. She is a big bitch to him. And yeah. he's like, what's your story, Kevin? Like, what do you do that's so much better? And it turns out, like, he is an orphan. He's had to, like, pull himself up by his bootstraps. And he's just trying to make it in the world. And he hasn't talked about his family because he doesn't have mm-hmm. one. So she's a big bitch. Still arguably the villain of the movie. Yeah. 
they break up. Then she goes back into the bar and Lil fires her. That's right. Because the boyfriend of the bar. Yeah. And she's like, it's just a bar. And then Lil's like, what are you so upset about then? Oh, yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. That was good. And so I feel like we can kind of slingshot through the rest of this. Yeah, cause because there's like a like, whole montage of her like creating music, right? Yeah. Now yeah. she's got her shit on CDs, Whoa. you guys. She does. But all the CDs came back because they were unsolicited mail. Yeah. But she has advanced her technology, but not her solicitation <laughs> techniques. Like, because the tape was the problem, right? Yeah. Not that she was sending it unsolicited. So then, like, she reconnects with her dad. Her dad gets in an accident. He gets hit by a car. He's in the hospital. Oh, yeah. And then somehow she's agreed to do this, like, songwriter's showcase performance. Well, her dad tells her, no, your mom did not have stage fright. She quit because of me. And I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, And you're trying to do the same thing to your daughter. So get mm-hmm. your shit together, yeah. John Goodman. Yeah, he's not good. It's hard to be worse than Violet in this movie, but he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Apples I and feel trees, like they're Jenny. on par. I feel like water <laughs> finds its own level. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So now we, everybody is going to go to this songwriter's showcase. Her best friend, her dad are driving her there. Lil closes the bar for the night. The coyotes are going to go. Lil somehow gets in touch with Kevin and is like, you got to come see this. You got to come see your girl or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is after that, after Violet sees him showing a girl his apartment. Yeah. 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 That was like. A weird sort of unnecessary plot development mm-hmm. but yes that's where i was like oh yeah it was like someone took all the tropes all <laughs> yeah tropes. like all the things that yeah. could happen like oh this perfect misunderstanding it's got to be bad when romance readers are like really mm. <laughs> yeah. like, i'll get on board with just about anything yeah like when we can't gloss something over for romance reasons yeah. you know it's like it's a big deal yeah yeah. so now she like gets on stage at this songwriter showcase and she freezes like oh no she's going to panic like she's not going to do it and everybody's there and it's a big deal and kevin turns the lights down oh man or he like cranks the emergency light switch and it turns all the lights off mm-hmm. and but still so now she can sing the mic just fine it yeah. looks like he goes to a basically a breaker if i remember correctly yeah. <laughs> and like just turns the electricity off but the sound system, don't worry, listener, it's fine. Shh, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> oh, and it's not all the lights. It's like yeah. strategic yeah. lights. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he knows he, he knows about light design and he knows so. he somehow punched out the guy who's in charge of this. <laughs> it's romance reasons. No, I know. It's romance reasons. Yeah, this, one I'm this one I'll this buy. This is bonkers. Like just this, is this bonkers. alone yes. is bonkers. Love it. But the bonkers. bonkers the really bonkers part is like, okay, the light lights are out now her stage fright is gone so she like kind of starts to sing and then like he slowly starts putting the lights back up like (laughs) one set of lights comes on and another set of lights come Mm -hmm. on and she's now like full-on performing and like hair flipping and has like a whole i don't have stage fright but anybody i know with stage fright will just like they can get through it but there's not going to be a lot else going on Rachel punches a guy in the face who's like cat calling her. That's right. I mean, and that's then sweet. I'm just like, that's oh yeah, so I love that. Yeah. yeah, no, I like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Like toxic femininity, whatever we'll call toxic that. Yeah, girl, she, gang. Uh, girl boss, girl boss, girl boss. Yeah. yeah, 
So then we fast forward three months later, Leanne Rhymes has recorded all of her songs into an album and it has been successful. And now Leanne Rhymes is singing on the ball. Can I tell you how I owned this soundtrack? <laughs> I owned this CD too. It was the blue one, yes. right? And it was like, can't fight the moonlight. Can't fight the moonlight. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Owned that shit. <laughs> 98 yeah. Degrees was my very first CD ever. <laughs> and then this. <laughs> yeah, I definitely own this CD too. I played it on my Walkman CD player thing where like you had to oh, keep yeah. it flat. Oh. If you tilted it, it would stop. Mm-hmm. It would skip. Mm-hmm. Wow. Might have illegally downloaded a couple of songs. Oh, I think I did that first, too. That's what I was going to say. I associate these songs with illegal downloads. Uh Like, I think it was very much in that period. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. Napster or whatever. Like, 2000, Napster was, like, the year 2000. It was, like, the year I got to college. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I think I did it on, like, LimeWire, but same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because they shut Napster down, so you had to move to LimeWire. Yeah. So and and that is that is the movie. Is like she auctions ugly. her dad. She and Kevin make up. She like replaces the comic that was missing. Oh yeah, with her with her songwriter money now. She's got that songwriter money, you know. <laughs> so much money. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, incredible! All right, Andy. If listener wants some aftercare after this extravaganza, <laughs> what would you suggest? Well, if our reference to Minotaur genitalia appeals to you and you haven't read The Morning Glory Milking Farm, I would say please do so. Mm -hmm. And if you would like a non-toxic girl gang, I would say pick up Sarah McLean's latest bombshell. Mm -hmm. Because that girl gang gets in bar fights, but they are righteous. No, those are good wrecks. All right. What about you, Jenny? Oh, I don't know what to follow that with. Yeah, I, know. I was gonna say Morning Glory Milking Farm mm, too, yeah, but it was too. Andy just went and stole it. Sorry, so. like it's still with me almost a month after reading it. I know it's a triumph. Erin mm-hmm. was right; it's a triumph. I haven't read it. I've been holding off on reading it so that we can do it for an mm-hmm. episode, and Mel can tell me about it, and I won't have read it, and it's killing yeah. me. And I haven't gotten anybody to pick it yet. Nah. But okay, what if I'm trying to think like a movie? I can't even think of anything. Well, I know what mine is. I'll do that. Mine, (laughs) careful out there, all right? Be careful when you're wielding this idea. But Magic Mike XXL, it might get you pregnant. So I do (laughs) need you to be safe out there. But if you want more dancing on things and gyrating and man abs... That's the one for you. Magic Mike I mean, XSL. Watch both. Magic Mike, I feel like, is a bridge between Coyote Ugly and Magic Mike XXL mm. because Magic Mike has that, like, sort of, like, white lady yes. kind of, like, white ladying all over. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot I about don't want her. my brother stripping. Like, it has, like, the shame of sex-adjacent mm, work. true. It has that. But it also has Channing Tatum gyrating. So it's, like, the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is going to feel really random, but mine is now the Thomas Crown Affair that has Pierce Brosnan in it. Oh, yeah. And Rene Russo. There's a stair banging. They came out at like the same time. Really, like, I think that one came out in like 99, and this one was 2000, and both were like very formative for me Ah. in terms of pants feelings. Yes, yes, yes. So they are associated in my brain, and that movie is just like clever and sexy as fuck. Uh And. 
In all the ways that Kevin does nothing for me, Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo together are just like bisexuality in encapsulated movie form. I like it. Yeah. I have one yeah. more. I have one more now. That reminds me of like the agent of my sexual awakening, which was The Cutting Edge, if you need another movie. Oh, what's a good one? Yeah, because Doug Dorsey is everything that Kevin O'Donnell is not. It's true. No. Perfect. All right, wonderful. Andy, you have to tell everybody about your newest release. Yes, Hot Under His Collar came out on July 20th. Yeah. And it is basically, if you were devastated by the ending of Fleabag, it's for you. If you ever had a father, what a waste, it is for you. Mm-hmm. If you watch Dairy Girls and wish you had more Sister Michael in your life, it's mm-hmm. probably for you. If you have like a bar, sexy times part of your id, it's for you. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sexy times at a bar, definitely for you. If you love a mutual pining. Oh. Yeah. Mm. A big pining. Boy, a big pining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is, is it? 16? Chapter 16? Chapter, what is six, the chapter? chapter 16. Yeah. Chapter 16. Just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, bites <laughs> fist. <laughs> yeah. It's. Yeah, that's one of those. And I think I was reading it at like two in the morning or I was mm-hmm. going to start texting Andy like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, what are you doing to me over uh-huh. here? It's just like, <laughs> it's so good. I like I finished that scene and I was like, that's it. That's, that's the spiciest I got for you. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then if they want to follow you on all your socials, because they yeah. do. I'm at author Andy J on everything. I spend the most time on Instagram and a little bit of time on TikTok, but that's, mm. yeah. Awesome. Thank mm. you so much for coming on, Andy. Thank you for yeah. having me. Thank you for watching Coyote Ugly for oh. us. I mean, I wish I could say it was a pleasure, but it was a pleasure talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we've got Adriana Herrera, and we're coming at you with Beyond the Highland Mist by Karen Marie Moaning. Mm-hmm. Highlander times, paranormal, time travel with polyamorous fairies. Okay? <laughs> just wrap your brain around that. And if you like what you just heard, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And tell two friends about us. We're funny. They don't even have to like romance. <laughs> you can support us by heading over to the Temple of Defiant Joy on our website at bonkersromance.com slash temple. And by joining, you support us. You get that final episode of each month. Tentacles last month. Oh, my God. What delight will we bring you this month? <laughs> um, you also get bonus content like Naked and Afraid of Love or Bonding that we recapped. You get books from the Bonkers Book Club videos of these episodes and so much more coming your way if you want us to tell all the joy lovers about your book or etsy store or anything else you're trying to get the word out about you can also use the website to inquire about our advertising rates and we love connecting with you so follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok we're at bonkers romance everywhere We have a Facebook group, The Altar of Defiant Joy, and you can email us if you want a more personal experience. That is bonkersromance at gmail.com. So go enjoy your next bonkers read and remember... 
Like Violet's stage fright, sometimes our biggest fears are just stories we tell ourselves. Rewrite them. Thank you.